This is Hard Parking brought to you by Rat Honda and Wright Toyota at Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning. This is SEMA week. I'm not going to be at SEMA. I mean, I may go to SEMA at some point this week, but I think a lot of people think that it's just one of those things just anyone can go to. And traditionally, not just anyone can go. It's actually a trade show, a vendor show. You have to have credentials up the wazoo, but people do pass badges back and forth sometimes. But this year, it's going to be different. Sitting in front of me is a dear friend of mine, professional photographer, shot my car many times. I try to feed him when I'm able to, except for today, he had to buy his own food. Danny. That barbecue was fantastic, though, worth every penny. Yeah, so we just went to Caldwell, which is my favorite place to take people. They don't sponsor the podcast. They don't know about the podcast. But I still give them a shout out because their food is good. So you're going to leave. So we're recording this on a Friday, Friday the 28th. When do you head out? Um, The plan is to head out there Monday, uh, like early Monday. And then I'm going to be there through the week. Doesn't probably have a shoot schedule yet? Um, No, but I am booked pretty solid for three out of the four days. Do you know what your plans are going to be while you're out there at all? Anything? Like how Um, much do you know for advance? And how much of this is, like, do you get to do anything independent or is it kind of, you know, you have... I do have a lot of independent shoots scheduled Yeah. Um, outside of show hours to make that feasible, which is why I'm going to be there um, a little bit after SEMA's over to shoot some of the uh, booth cars that will be there. Okay. Um, but I I have a whole list of cars that I'll be needing to shoot that are in the show um, while the show is going on. So I'll probably be there after hours once... All the uh, vendors and everything are gone. I'll go in and do my shots and get all that done for my clients. Is this the first time you've been on since, I'm going to say, 2019, Yeah, Seema? 2019 was the last time. I was making fun of Vanilla Ice. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Robbie Van Winkle. Rob Van Winkle, yeah. Rob Van Winkle. What a name. I did see Liberty Walk is cutting up an F40. What are your thoughts about that? I like blasphemous automotive stuff. So if you're going to take something that a brand who is so sensitive Ferrari. about anything they build, that mm. they'll send you cease and desist for changing a color. If you're going to chop that up and make a cool body kit out of it, I'm all for it. Interesting timing. I th- and it could have been clickbait because there's a lot of clickbait. But I think Amelia Hartford got a cease and desist for her 458. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she That's she funny. posted something like, they, they gave me a cease and desist or, they told me, or something like that, and I didn't watch the whole video. I just kind of scrolled through it for half a second until I realized it might be clickbait. But the comments on her YouTube thread, and then most comments are filled with people who haven't even watched the fucking video to begin with. That but, tends to be pretty common. <laughs> yeah, the comments were basically like, eh, you shouldn't do so much to your car if you're not going to this, you're not going to that, and she's still rolling in the dough laughing. But I know that Dead Mouse had one at some point. Yeah, so he got a cease and desist for doing the rap that he did. Right, the Nyan Cat. Yeah. And for some reason, everybody loved the car. They loved the rap, but Ferrari wasn't happy about it. And at this point, with how their F1 stuff is going, they need all the publicity they can get. So they shouldn't be taxing people on how they treat their cars when they've already paid for them. It's a weird thing, though. So what is it like, hey, cease and desist, or you're never going to be able to buy? No, like, they can't take their own car away. I, th- I think it is just barring them from ever owning another Ferrari. Yeah, so, I mean, as you know, there have been a lot of Liberty Walk uh, Ferrari kits. Right. Like the 458, when mm-hmm. that was released, was huge. I don't remember hearing about any cease and desist for that. There was a 
It's either red or like sky blue or something. The sky right? blue one was at SEMA. Yeah, that's the one someone ran into. Yes, that is the one that got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, they did it in a couple different colors. I've seen them. I've seen a bunch of the kits, and then even when I was shooting stuff for Liberty Walk in April, around the time of a uh, Formula Drift, um, there was a 488 with a Liberty Walk kit. It was gorgeous. Yeah, it's, it seems kind of petty and weird for them to do that. But so, I mean, so you're you're kind of for the blasphemous stuff. I like silly things like that. Like putting, like Rob Dom putting a, a rotary motor in a Corvette. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's hilarious. It makes people mad. And it's it's just really cool to see other things in those cars that you wouldn't normally get to see. Who was the local guy? I think he's local who put the Ferrari motor in the old Mustang. Oh, that, um, he's up north. Uh, you know what I'm talking about though. Yeah, because yeah. I shot that Mustang too. Yeah, I know you did. But it's like. It was a F430 motor. It's. It was put the a, rotary corrupt, in a corp- corrupt Mustang. Corrupt, yeah. You put a rotary in a Corvette, fine, but you're chopping up an F40. I mean, he shrugs. It's, it's a different approach. He smiles. It is a different approach, but. It's their F40. It's an F40, yeah. Yeah, but it's their F40, whoever they're chopping right. up, right? Like, that's your vehicle. Yeah. You can do what you want to your vehicle. Me, I, I think it's, I think the render would be cool and it would be kind of badass to see if I just suspend the fact that I know that it's a holy grail of a vehicle for most people. It is a holy grail car. Um, but it's, it's their car. Yeah. And see, a lot of times these cars are probably trash or totaled that they would do these things too anyway. You would think like, that's what I tell people. I when mean, you okay, see them, to be fair, um, Camera did. Rocket Bunny, Amira. So. Right. <laughs> I, I Sometimes guess if you have the money, you don't give a shit. Well, I mean, it's if it's like, your car. Well, it's like Alex Troy when you first got on the scene as a kid, you know, years ago. And I, I would have to think that he's probably not the same Alex Troy that he was eight years ago. God, I would hope not. Yeah. He seems a little more conservative and, and whatever. And I don't know the guy. I, know, I mean. I know people in the scene love him. It's hard to think that after that Tesla stunt thing, but. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's your, your own car, but I mean, it's just, I would never do it, but then again, it's not my car, but I think it's, it's this weird sliding thing is, you know, you have FU money, FU money trumps my money. Yeah. So if you have FU money and you don't care, you don't care about the, the sanctity of whatever it is. I think that's what turns most people off, honestly. And I've told people, if you see an NSX that's wide bodied out, Especially if it's a first gen, chances are it has some damage, and that was their insurance money because no one takes a perfectly nice first gen NSX and does a rocket bunny kit. No, a lot of the time, if it's in good shape, they want to preserve that. Right. But if yep. it's damaged or it's hard enough to get parts for those things. Right. Yeah. You might as well start modding it. So I totally get it. But I mean, when JJ bought the 2017 NSX, he bought two of them. Yeah. Doxzilla. Mm-hmm. And he. He kept the, one mostly the Liberty stock walk and then, yeah. to the to the other one, the fantasy colors, a filthy one. And the purists hated it, but most everybody else loved it. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It wasn't for me, but it looked pretty fucking badass, you know. But I think it, I, where do I draw the line? Where do would you do you draw the line on anything? Not really. I I don't know. Like personally, if it were my car, if it were my F40, I'd want to preserve it. If I could, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to wide body it, 
but I'm perfectly happy to see somebody else do it. Would you be excited to see like a uh, a wide body rocket bunnied out or Liberty walked out McLaren F1? That'd be kind of interesting to see. I'm I'm curious what that would look like. Ask John Sabal. He can do it for you. <laughs> That's true. Or Kaisel. Kaisel has some pretty... Uh, Is it the Kaizen or whatever? The Kaiser, yeah. Yeah, Kaisel I used to follow Salim. him. I really don't follow him anymore, but he's got some really cool stuff. Oh, it's, the Kaiser. Yeah. K-Y-Z-A, I think. Yep. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. We'll catch up to you later this week from SEMA, if you have time, when you're editing in your room one night. I'll make some time. And we'll continue the show after this word from Foil Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Foil Online. For over a decade, Foil Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Your truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at fourwheelonline or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's four wheel online, the number four wheel online. So as Danny Niku was in studio, we're going to try to catch up to him uh, this week at, at SEMA, of course. Also, have a few things I need to say about the Hyundai. A few episodes ago, we were talking about the, in the car news section, the guy who got pulled over, video went viral, got a ticket for loud exhaust, track mode, all that good yada yada. I want to walk a few things back just a little bit on the car news segment. Also, have not told you too much about what's going on in my life. The feedback has been that sometimes you just like to know just some random stuff that's going on in my life. So we've done a lot of remodeling, and I'm still having this tug of war with my wife about redoing the, the driveway approach. The driveway apron is what it's called. So this is basically the ramp to get into your driveway. We have the rolled curbs a lot here in the southwest United States because the drainage is non-existent. The ground is super hard. The water needs somewhere to go. Therefore, we don't have a typical sewer system. I grew up in Texas, and you would have drain systems every once in a while, like every, I don't know, 50, 100 feet. You could see where the water would drain underneath the street into the sewers, the stone sewers, and out to a little creek bed. We don't really have that stuff here. So we all have those rolled driveways. And for people that have low vehicles, you don't even have to lower your vehicle. You could just have a low vehicle like a sports car, and you will scrape the bottom of your car. Obviously, a huge problem with the Type S. Bottom clip is about $8,000. It is gloss carbon fiber. I did buy a little scrape shield, $700. A lot of money I haven't put it on yet. But my wife and I, we kind of went back and forth because we spent all this money on the house. And it's... You know, props to her. Good additions. They look nice, but they weren't always necessary. Sometimes things aren't always necessary, even though you want it. When they want it, it's for the house. When you want it, it's just for you. Therefore, it doesn't matter. So after we did the last major remodel, I said, you know what? No more money on the house until I get my driveway. Okay. I want to do to the backyard. Let's take out another mortgage or let's do whatever. I don't know how that stuff works. Basically, end up taking out a lot more money or have money to use, we're going to redo the backyard. I sign all the paperwork. I bring it up. I don't want to spend the money. It just seems like a waste of money. It's not a waste of money. So it looks like I'm continuing to lose that battle. But I say all that to say this. 
This is how crazy my, crazy my life can be sometimes. We have a tree. When we first moved in here, we had one, two, three lemon trees. Why someone would plant three lemon trees? Well, two lemon trees. No, we had three lemon trees in like this weird orange tree. And I say weird because the oranges never got that big. And then when they were ripe, they were like rock hard. You cut them open, super sweet, still super weird. They were green most often. And now you're thinking, oh, those are cocktail tree. Well, I researched and cocktail trees really aren't a thing. It's just kind of one of those things that, so if you plant an orange and a lemon together, the thought is that the roots will intermingle. And then you come up with this fruit that somewhat resembles a lemon and resembles an orange. Not really a thing. Anyway, so now we're down to that orange tree. And then we have one lemon tree left because two of them are dead. This one looks like it's dying. This one's in bad shape. We want to redo the backyard. It's kind of one of those deals where it's like, not sure if we should keep this thing or we should just get rid of it and plant something else. So my mother-in-law has grown emotionally attached to this lemon tree when asked about the lemon tree apparently she thinks i poisoned the tree why would i poison a lemon tree in my yard and then when my wife told her she was nuts then she said the neighbor poisoned the tree because the neighbor doesn't like the lemons growing in their in their yard why would my neighbor poison the tree i get along with them they're good peeps and by the way the part of the tree that's still growing just happens to be growing over on their yard you think that would be the part that would be dead. But so my mother-in-law, she does this thing. Like, I take her to church. I take her to Bible study, pick her up. Take her to church on Sundays, pick her up 90% of the time. So almost all the time. She damn near choked like three weeks ago. I was home, thank God. Everybody else standing around didn't know what to do. I fixed her. She's still alive today. I was thinking to myself, wow, finally, maybe now she will stop accusing me of stuff. Maybe now she will trust me because I don't trust her. She's a great woman, but she's crazy. And I've said this, if I could fall off a cliff and nobody would know about it, I'm not sure she would rescue me if she could. Or she would think about it so long to where when she finally decided to, it would be too late and I'd be dead. Harsh thing to say. People laugh, but people know. But it's this thing where it, it's like, I did the bathroom. I did the recalking of the tub. And I'm not a handyman. My wife makes me build all this shit to save money. And I'm not any good at it. So I do this stuff. And then I get yelled at when it's not perfect. And it's kind of funny. So anyway, my mother-in-law does this thing where the bathtub needs to be done. Okay, my, I got it. I do the caulking. I'm not very good at it. Spill a little. Plan to clean it up. So instead of... You know, she first she complains to my wife, then my wife complains to me. Then she spends all this time cleaning it herself when I don't get around to it. And then my wife yells at me, do you not know what you're doing? It looks like a three-year-old did it. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, we've tried to hire handy people. This is too small of a project. They're not going to do it. But my mother-in-law does this thing where she talks about me, but in Spanish. And she'll be the first person to tell you she doesn't like talking behind people's back. It's rude. She wants to say something, she'll say it to your face. Yet I know she sits there and talks about me in front of me in Spanish. Is, is that crazy? Anybody else? God bless the woman, but Jesus. 
Anyway, I told my wife, I said, fuck it, don't worry about it. Get rid of the tree. We'll get a new one. She'll get over it. Wife said, I don't think she's going to get over this one. No, no. She'll get over this one too. But I was out there cutting the yard and looking at the tree, and we had some guy come by and said, that's not a lemon tree. That's a something lime, he called it, cocktail lime tree or something. I said, man, it's not a fucking... That thing has been crapping lemons, baseball-sized lemons, for the last nine years. You're telling me it's a fucking lime tree? the fuck out of here right now. It looks like a lime tree because when lemons grow, they stay green until they're mature enough, then they turn yellow, and then a month or two later, they're ready to pick. I don't think we're going to have 100 of them. I think when we moved in, we had like four or 500. We had so much. My mother-in-law would take them, and she would squeeze the shit out of them and collect all the pulp in these bags. It looked like we had giant bags of plasma with fibers in them, and it would literally fill up the whole free Like, every freezer we had in the house was just full of this pure lemon juice. Crazy. So anyway, that's that crazy update. So I have hard parking pods. So I, I finally, guys, I finally opened the website over NS Expo weekend. And hardparkingpod.com. Finally just opened the store. You guys can get your merch there. That's where I'm going to send you. So if you want hard parking merch, get out of the store. Coming up in a few moments, we have Nate Smith. You guys, if you remember Nate Smith USA, he was on here last year. Won an award at SEMA. Goes to SEMA every year. Works for Fox Factory. Does a lot of stuff. So he's got a, he's got some exciting things to show us this year. And hopefully we can catch up with him later on this week as well. And working on a few other uh, interviews for you guys. He is Mr. Nate Smith. That's Nate Smith USA on Instagram. Friend of the show. Last time we spoke to him, we did a recap on his life and all of his builds and his SEMA experience and everything else. He is back at SEMA this week coming up. Nate Smith, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me on. It's always weird when I address you by your full name. It is kind of odd. I'm not really used to that. Yeah, it's kind of one of those. It's it's like an official thing. So last year, you guys won, you and your little crew won the Ford Motor Company SEMA 2021 show. Yep, we did with the uh, Ford Bronco build. With the Bronco build. This year, you're coming back with something incredibly exciting. I actually watched, I just watched the video you sent me. That's awesome. Oh. Want to tell us about it? Actually, we did two builds this year. So we did, I sent you a, a sneak peek of our new Chevy that we have coming out. Yep. Um, but for Ford this year, we built another F-150 uh, power boost. And it's kind of interesting because we are utilizing the pro power onboard that's in the bed of those trucks. And we're able to utilize the charging abilities for this all new electric dirt bike that's coming out from Stark. Um, and it's pretty neat because it's the most powerful dirt bike I believe that's going to hit the market soon, but you can go out to the trails with this lifted truck with the BDS suspension on it and all that kind of stuff. Go out to the trails, ride the dirt bikes. And when you're done for the day on the dirt bike, you can bring it back to the truck, charge it up while it's in the bed. And it's just pretty neat. So the dirt bike being the most powerful, is that because it's basically instant torque? All that instant torque. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So are you excited? I mean, you I talked to you a couple of days ago. You're working around the clock. Everyone I talked to is working around the clock. Like this stuff, does this this stuff probably never gets old to you, does it? Uh it the the SEMA crunch gets old to me real fast, like on day one. But um I it's always fun once it's all done and, and you know your your projects are behind you. But um 
yeah, it's it's just mass chaos when you're building the, the vehicles and just you're like, we only have this amount of hours left before these trucks have to ship out. Get it done. And it's like, well, we have like three, two months worth of work to do in one week. <laughs> Figure it out. So for the listeners, can you explain why? Because you know a year, well, you don't know fully, in most cases, and you may know months in advance, but why do we call it the SEMA crunch? I, I've experienced it personally and have my own definition, and it's probably very similar, but for the listeners, why do we all call it the SEMA crunch? You can never anticipate everything that's going to happen to you the month leading up to this show. You can do all the planning in the world, and there's always going to be a few supplier issues that are going to just yep. catch you off guard, and you're never going to be done on time. Where are my wheels? Where are those invaluable suspension components? Where is that thing that goes in the middle of the engine that we can't reassemble the engine until that thing arrives, right? Pretty much. I mean, the whole basis of the show is to show off new products. So every year yep. there's new products. So it's always like, well, it's that new that we don't have it quite yet. So it's, there's always there's always going to be something that's going to hang you up. Now, where are you going to be hanging up? Because I know that you did a project with Ford, you did a project with Chevy this year. But well, we didn't do it with Chevy. We we did our own. Uh, it, it's a new long travel suspension system that uh, customers can go out and buy and have a complete, basically almost like a mint uh, Baja truck that they could just have and it would just outperform just about anything that you put on the dunes. Got it. So watching that video, it looks exciting. Tell us, can you tell us anything about it? Um, can't go over the exact specs of everything, but basically you can take a 2019 and newer. Uh, a GM 1500 truck and we have an entirely bolt-on setup where you ditch the leaf springs put on a trailing arm setup wider stance and uh, Fox 3.0 coilovers with recirculating uh, reservoirs and all that kind of stuff there's just a whole lot of technology going on under the truck that'll enable you to really push this truck to its maximum capabilities that you can go as pretty much as fast as you can want to go in the desert that's pretty badass. So where can people find you at? Because again, I, I, are you there with your own company or are you kind no, of uh, under so the umbrella with, of? Yeah. So I'm there with Fox, uh, you know, Fox racing shocks. That's um, usually, usually though, right? Yep. That's, that's where I work is, yeah. is under uh, the Fox factory umbrella. Um, so we'll be where there used to be Ford out front, which is kind of depressing that that's not going to be there this year. And we'll probably get into that here in a sec, but. Uh, we'll be right out there where, where that section is. There's those escalators that go up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be pretty much right in that general area, I believe. I heard there's not nearly as many vendors and everything, so it'll be interesting. I don't really have any plans to go up there this week, but who knows? Yeah, so it's it, it's hard to gauge because it, there is – I've noticed a slight decline over the years, but it's also – brought up new innovative companies that want to get in the spotlight where, you know, I'm, I'm assuming this year there's going to be some pretty interesting things I'm going to see now that there's a little more accessibility for other companies to join into SEMA versus having premium spots being taken up by the uh, tier one suppliers like Ford, right. Chevy, and all those guys. So it'll be cool to see what, what else I find out there when I get out there. Well, it's so expensive for companies. So I think that was a, a big part of it. Maybe they've, restructured or, or something but I, I guess what 2019 was probably big and then of course obviously the pandemic era yeah yeah i think 2019 was the peak for sema and then the obviously pandemic stuff all happened and then from there 
last year was okay. It was still not, not quite mm-hmm. as, uh, I guess, wall to wall people as 2019. Mm-hmm. Understandably. Well, good luck out there. Um, hopefully you guys win or continue to win, ha- have a lot of fun. And if you get an opportunity, you know, maybe we can connect during SEMA, but if not, it's been great talking to you this time. And thank you for taking the time. Jay, I will try my best to find you and hopefully we can get a drink. Oh, I won't physically be there. Oh, you won't be there. No, no, no. Well, my heart's broken now. I guess I'll have to <laughs> pour one out for the homie. Well, shit, man. I almost drove up there when I saw you cooking those steaks the other day, but although, although that's in Michigan, but still, I was like, oh, yeah. damn, it's like that? Yeah. Well, so every every year every, after we finish building a truck or, or a Bronco, whatever, uh, I always celebrate with the team and I cook everyone a, a ribeye steak that was part of the project, and we call them SEMA steaks. SEMA steaks. That's awesome, man. Well, good, again, good luck, Nate, and thanks for uh, taking the time. Yep, definitely. <laughs> So the Nissan GTR presumed dead is back for 2023. This article from Jalopnik by Colin Woodard. 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 Colin with two L's. When there was no 2022 model year, GTR, we assumed the worst. I didn't assume the worst. But Nissan just announced Godzilla will still be around for 2023. So uh, the speculation is what does that mean? Because a vehicle, much like the first gen NSX, remained relatively unchanged for most of its existence. Sure, you could look at a, I don't even know what year they came out, 2009, maybe. You can look at a 2009, 2010 GTR, and for probably six years, you couldn't tell the difference. Then they slowly started making changes. I think the most recent model, they look very similar. Of course, if you're into them, if you know them, I mean, I could tell the difference between a Nismo and a regular one. If you're really into them, you can tell the small differences. Maybe the projectors changed, the DRL shape changed, maybe something about the front grille changed, because it did toward the end. But if you take the last four model years, I couldn't tell you the difference between the oldest and the newest visually, especially once you start putting wheels on it. As the case with a lot of other vehicles, obviously, the C6, C7 Corvette is the same deal. You don't know if it was the first year or the last year. You just know they made them for four or five years. I think four or five years. According to this article, in Europe, Nissan kept selling 2021 models into 22. Apparently, they're only resting. So I'm wondering what the 2023 is going to look like, what it's going to have on it. According to this article, it doesn't appear that there's any significant updates. The specs that matter are unchanged for the newly, G- new, the newly undead GTR. The base version gets 565 horsepower and 467 pound of torque. Not bad. While the Nismo version increases to 600 horsepower and 481 pounds of torque. The all-wheel drive system remains the same, as does the six-speed dual-clutch transmission. As far as pricing goes, the regular GTR costs $114,000, not including destination, and the Nismo will run you $210,000. Holy crap. So that's almost $100,000 more. Consider this. A new Z06 is $105,000. Honestly, no one's paying $105,000 for that. Drew Bunkley, you of all people know that. Switching gears... Audi has announced that there is no more R8. The end of the R8 is nigh. This is according to Road and Track by Brian Silvestro. Quattro's legendary mid-engine supercar bows out with a limited run of 333 cars. Wonder if those have gone for sale already. Did not really look it up. I know the NSX sold out in 12 hours when they said this is the last one. There's 350 of those in the world. I have number 130 of 350, by the way. 
The Epic V10 powered Audi R8 has been on sale since 2006. Now production is finally coming to a close next year. The company is saying goodbye with a model called the R8 GT. The second of its kind, complete with rear-wheel drive, 602 horsepower. Unlike the last R8 GT, which used all-wheel drive to get the power from its V10 engine to the ground, the latest version is based on the rear-wheel drive R8, but it gets the full-force tune from all-wheel drive car, meaning 602 horsepower, 413 pound of torque from that 5.2-liter 10-cylinder engine. You know, I think that, so it claims to go 0 to 62 in 3.4 seconds, uh, slower than my car, actually. I think, I mean, if you're going to do it, just do it with all-wheel drive. That's like instant. Four wheels at once is always better than two wheels at once when you're going from a dig, at least. All right, it's a cool car. I drove one. I drove the, I think it's 2016, maybe, 2015. The first generation V10 Plus, I drove around a track, Speed Vegas, when the NSX came out in 2017. Drove that first, drove the NSX second. I obliterated my Audi times around around that little track. And it was a little track. We're talking a minute and 10 second lap times. Like, it's a little track. I think my best lap time was like 101 or something. My worst was like 120. I'm not a track star. So I I said something about the Hyundai earlier, so I got to walk it back a little bit. I have a friend here who, his name's Noah. So my friend Noah, and now that I think about this, many months ago he bought this car. said, hey, Jay, when you get an opportunity, I just got a new car. I'd like for you to drive it. I said, okay, Noah, when I get back in town, because I was out of town at the time, I think this was in June, I'll be more than happy to maybe drive it, take a look at it, do a review on it. Anyway, I never... I never did that, but Noah invited me to an event last week, and actually Danny, who opened up the show with me, Danny Niku, and I went to this event. It was a showing for uh, Jim Kana, Electric Kana. Most of you have seen that, I would imagine, at this point, which, by the way, electric car ripping through the streets of Las Vegas. If you close your eyes, it sounds like aliens are attacking Earth in a Michael Bay video. All you hear is a rubber screeching and squealing on these floor, on these on the on the cement, the tarmac, whatever we're calling it. And you guys know, like when you're going through a parking garage, if you go more than like two mile an hour, your wheels are already squealing in a normal car. Imagine that in this like 1400 horsepower full electric vehicle with instant torque. Like this, this, this shit was nuts. Anyway, so we saw this viewing, and he showed me his car. So he has the Hyundai Elantra in. So this is the same car that the guy got pulled over in California. A long sequence of events. Kind of got screwed over in the end. If that were to happen 100 times over the incident of being pulled over, 99 of those times has a different out, outcome. I feel very confident in that. There's just a lot of weird shit that happened with this poor guy's situation. But what I learned about this car is it is, no, visually it's not necessarily my thing, but the interior and the features are pretty Freaking cool. So Noah showed myself and Danny the interior, showed us all the little stuff. I went through all the different modes. No, I didn't drive it. We were at an event. We couldn't leave. But it's an impressive little machine. Would I want one? Probably not. But I do have a lot more respect. And not that I didn't like Hyundai. Hyundai is, this is their era. Like everything they make is pretty cool, pretty high quality. This thing has like light up seats and this full like party mode dash. And it's got all the different modes. It's got so many modes. The thing that I walked away knowing is that nobody buys that car without knowing exactly what they're buying. So this whole video where this guy's like, 
cop's like, oh, were you in track mode? Yes, I was. You know you can't drive around in that? No, sir, I did not know that. Bullshit. No one buys that car. That's like saying, oh, I just happened to buy this Civic Type R, but I had no idea it was any different than the regular Civic. Yeah, nobody buys a Type R Civic without knowing exactly what it is they're buying. Same thing with the Veloster N, the Elantra N. Not saying this guy got what came to him. Again, very unfortunate sequence of events. But you got to know that when your car comes loaded with stuff that says, you know, sport exhaust, turn it off, burble, track mode, loud, you don't want to do that, especially in California. But apologies to you Hyundai people out there. I do like some Hyundais. I always have. But that Elantra N is pretty, it's a pretty cool vehicle. And that is a car news. I want to thank Danny Niku for stopping by the studio. He actually left his sunglasses in my car, and I said, you know what? You can come get them. We can go have barbecue, and then you can come to my studio, and we can record an opening, kind of a SEMA preview. Also, thanks to Nate Smith for taking time out of his busy day. We're going to check in with both of them this week, plus a couple other people this next week talking about SEMA. If you haven't listened to the most recent episode with Miss L. Victoria, Heels and Clutch, check it out. I actually had a lot of downloads, and I'm glad. She's an awesome woman. She is a woman in the car world, the car culture, doing things a little differently, just trying to blend in, yet be herself. It is kind of refreshing, that individuality, where you don't always have people who – and the guys were like that too. Some guys are all up in your face and throw themselves in, in front of every YouTube video, and it's all about the being seen somewhere, and then some people aren't. you know. And I think she kind of represents that woman – in the car industry, who was just another person who likes cars and knows a hell of a lot about cars and goes about it the right way. Not that there's a wrong way, but it's an admirable way. There are people out there, famous, Instagram, social media famous, that seem like, you know, you kind of question, like, why are you doing this? What are you doing it for? Props to all of them for their success, but still, you can always have your favorites, and she's definitely one of mine. I want to thank Wright Hunt and Wright Toyota, Scottsdale, Arizona, FullOnline.com, Cell Shop Wireless Services, and Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals. I need to get out to Westgate. I need to get out to Westgate. I need to get out to Westgate. Maybe next weekend. Patreon Business Support of Cree Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan, and Bee House Small Home Design, Asheville, Ashburn, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan. And if you're positioned to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. I need to think about what I'm going to get the the supporters of this show for Christmas. I usually, I've got some new ones this year. Missed out on last year, the year before's gifts. I got to figure out what I'm going to to shell out because it's not like I need the money to survive, but I use the money to do stuff with the show. And it helps motivate me that, hey, there's people out there that are believing me so much that they're willing to financially support this effort. And that means more to me than anything. So I usually take a chunk of that money Honestly, last year I forgot to pull any money all year, and I just said, hey, I got this money, and let's turn around and dump it right back into those people who believed in me. This year, I'm, I got some few things. I think I got a few ideas, but I better kick in the gear because it's like happy Halloween today, you know, which, by the way, happy Halloween. I want to thank Mark Stoneman, Catherine Crox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Oscamina, Andrew Bunkley, Hard Parking Podcast shirt at hardparkingpod.com. Email the show, hardrocketpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. That's J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. If you don't know the name, just look at the podcast. It's kind of all over it. Join the Heartbreaking Violations Facebook group. Thank you, new 
violators. I can't grow that you're telling the world how great the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together, and I will talk to you all next week. Shut up! <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.